Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Hi, I'm Matt Highland. I'm the owner of Emily Restaurant, and my new cookbook is Emily the Cookbook. A huge congratulations for making the best 19 cookbooks for fall 2018 in the New York Times. So take me back to that first meal you shared with Emily in your dorm room. I believe that was in 2001. Um, we were both kind of hanging out. Emily was actually my RA at the time. which That's funny. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> yeah, so she was my RA. We were just kind of hanging out. Um, it was a weeknight. Uh, we were both hungry, and we ordered some pizza. And uh, we are just sitting on the floor of the dorm, um, eating pizza, having a good time, and having a few drinks. And, like, we really hit it off. You know, it really well. <laughs> I read in the cookbook that at that point, Emily thought, wow, he's the guy I want to spend the rest of my life with. Were you thinking the same thing that night? Uh, maybe she was looking at the pizza when she thought that, but no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, we really hit it off uh, uh, right away. I mean, we just had a lot in common. Um, we were in school in Rhode Island, and there wasn't a lot of people from the New York area, and we both were. So it was kind of like nice to have a lot of shared experiences from the same area and like done a lot of the same things growing up. So yeah, it, it, and I obviously love her pizza too. So um, yeah, we hit it off pretty quickly. Tell me about Luca Aragoni um, and how did he become your mentor? Yeah, Luca, Luca really changed my cooking career. Um, I was working as like line cook and sous chef and things like that in New York city for about seven years. And then Luca opened his restaurant, Soto Casa, um, right across the street from where I lived. And I didn't really want to do cooking anymore. Like the kind of the line sous kind of, um, trajectory. So, um, I walked in there, it was maybe like a day after they opened and I was like, I don't know how to make pizza. Like, I don't know anything about like wood fired ovens, but like, I want to learn how to make pizza. Um, and I have a ton of cooking experience and he was like, okay, sure. So like, so like every day I'd go in there and, um, you know, he'd teach me to stretch dough and, and teach me to use the oven and things like that. And just like within like hours of just learning how to do it, like I really fell, fell in love with it. Um, it's very traditional Neapolitan pizza. Um, it's very beautiful, like a simple, really good ingredients and a wood fired oven. And the weird thing about the wood-fired oven was I picked up cooking on the wood-fired oven extremely quickly because when I was a, when I was young um, and all through high school, I played lacrosse and like using like a peel in a wood-fired oven is very similar to like using a lacrosse stick. So really? it's like, okay, well, these are, <laughs> yeah, these are very transferable skills that um, made it really easy to use <laughs> cooking a wood-fired oven. I was like, okay, well, I got this down in like a week or two. Stretching, of course, was a little bit harder, but, but the, using the wood oven, which usually takes a long time to master, was like very quick for me to pick up. When I think about tackling pizza, I think, well, I don't have a wood-fired oven or fancy equipment. But one of the first things you write in the cookbook is that no fancy equipment is needed. What are some of your pro tips for making pizza at home? Well, I think having a good uh, baking steel or a good baking stone, uh, pizza stone is a really, um, really important because you can get a lot of bottom heat on your pizza. But also there's a few tricks you can use too. Like if you, if you heat up your stone or your steel um, in the oven and then put it on the top shelf right below the broiler, and then you put the broiler on and you put your pizza like on the stone that's right under the broiler or the steel that's right under the broiler, you will 
create a lot of bottom heat with the the steel or the stone, and then a lot of top heat with the broiler. So it almost creates it's you almost create your own little pizza oven in your in your home oven. So you have a ton of top heat and a ton of bottom heat, and it can cook the pizza really fast and really hot. So you have restaurants in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn, the West Village, the East Village in Manhattan, and I think you also have Nashville too. And Williamsburg as well. And Williams, oh my gosh, you're everywhere. So the the West Village <laughs> restaurant is a few blocks away from my apartment on a Darling Street. And Clinton Hill is another adorable, cozy neighborhood. Does the feel and vibe of the neighborhood play a big factor in where you're going to open a location? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, these are all locations that I love. I mean, I live in Fort Greene, so, you know, like a 10-minute walk from Clinton Hill. Um Williamsburg, I've always loved the neighborhood that we're in there on the south side. Um, that's just one of my favorite areas. I have family in Nashville, so that made sense. Um, I used to also live in the East Village along, or Lower East Side a long time ago, very close to East Village. And then the West Village, um, that location has a very special meaning to me. I mean, as like a young cook after work, I'd always go to Blue Ribbon Bakery and like eat a duck club sandwich and just like go downstairs and look at that oven. And and then when I found out Blue Ribbon Bakery was moving, I was like, oh, my God, we got to have this space. This is like this is like a dream space to have for like any restaurateur. It's so beautiful in there. Like um, it's it's really like a, a trophy restaurant, I'd call it, just like the way the space is. Oh, totally. That location is a bit of a culinary time capsule. Talk a little bit about that wood-burning oven. Yeah, that wood oven. Um, the Blue Ribbon guys think it's from the mid-1800s. Um, I have a friend who's a historian, a food historian, who thinks it's probably more like um, um, early 1900s. But either way, um, it was uh, the oven that they found, that the, the Brombergs found in the basement, was a communal oven. So people used to, uh, people did not have kitchens back in New York City a long time ago. So they'd make their dough at home and then bring it to the communal bakery and then the bakery would fire their their homemade dough for them and then they come later in the day and pick it up so it's kind of a neat thing where like that oven has been cooking food for the neighborhood for you know 100 plus years so to get to continue using that oven to cook food for the neighborhood is really special i mean it's really amazing that you know you get to you just get to keep feeding the feeding the neighborhood with that oven like over and over again for 100 plus years i read somewhere that the blue ribbon guys um, thought it was an oven, but the real estate agent said, oh, no, 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 it's a heater. So they had to track down the plans of the original building to prove that it was an oven so they could redo it or something like that. Have you heard that? Yeah. Um, I think the landlord thought it was a um, a furnace of some sort. Yeah. So they called, they, they had a friend, I think it was a friend in Brooklyn who was building a, a wood oven. So the wood, the, the guy who was building the oven happened uh, he was from italy and he happened to be in brooklyn while they called this guy and he came over and took a look at it and the story is like once he took a look at it he gave like the oven like a little hug he was like oh my god like this is (laughs) this is amazing and then it took almost three years i believe to restore it so he would fly in from italy he'd crawl inside of the the small opening and restore the bricks and do all the restoration it took a few years so um it's a pretty amazing story you identify the pizza at emily as fiercely american what does that mean well, you know, pizza was invented in Italy, probably. You know, I mean, no one really knows. I mean, there's that myth that it was, it was, you know, it's a red, white, and um, green um, uh, dish for like the queen and baba. That that's not real. That that's a fake story. So it's like it's probably invented in Italy. Um, 
but it it wasn't very popular. Pizza was not a popular world food until it came to America. Um, and then, you know, New York and New Haven and Detroit and, and like all these styles of pizza are so like uniquely regional and really Italy just kind of has like Neapolitan pizza, you know? So, you know, it, it may have started in Italy, but once it got to America, it really took off. And I, I feel like pizza is an American food. It's not an Italian food. Um, we, we kind of made it our own thing. Um, so I say it's fiercely American. It's like, it's like, we make pizza here. We use our own ingredients. We do it our own style. Like we're not like a slave to tradition where, you know, it has to be this, it has to be this temperature oven. It has to look like this. It has to do that. It's like, no, that's not what, that's not what pizza is. Pizza is fun. Pizza is delicious. Pizza can be whatever it wants to be. I mean, a slice of, a, like a New York slice of pizza is nothing like a Neapolitan pizza, but you know, it's still pizza. So I, I feel that by having like our, like American ingredients, we use high quality stuff. We don't have to like adhere to tradition that it is an American product. What is your philosophy when it comes to pizza dough? Um, I think the simpler, the better when it comes to pizza dough. Um, not too much ingredients. I always like uh, adding in whole grains. I add in some um, coarsely ground rye into my flour for the wood-fired oven. Um, it's also not traditional. Um, I don't use zero-zero flour. Um, I just think like using local high-quality flour um, is just the best way to do it. Um, don't overcomplicate it. There's some water, some salt, maybe a little oil if you want. Um, but you know, just keep it easy, you know, like delicious. <laughs> what does the rye do for the dough? Uh, the rye kind of gives it a nice, uh, hearty, nutty flavor. Um, it it kind of breaks up just being a monotone, like kind of white flour uh, flavor. So it's it, it makes it nice and hearty. It's funny when you opened your new location, one of your new locations, you knew you wanted to serve square pies, and soon figured out it was Detroit style pizza that you were making. How is this different from the grandma or Sicilian pie? Well, we originally were going to do a Sicilian or grandma style pizza place, but then every time we were doing testing, the pizza was just like, well, what do we like about this pizza? Um, we like that the cheese goes all the way out to the edge and like caramelizes along the edge of the pan. Um, it's called the Frico crust. Um, we like putting the sauce on top because um, it doesn't make the dough soggy. Like the cheese has like a barrier between the sauce and the dough. And, um, and like, we like the size of it. Like we take the eight by 10, approximately eight by 10 size pizzas are like kind of a nice size for like, per, like one person. And like, it just, it really just sort of made sense. So we ordered in a bunch of frozen pizza from Detroit, had it shipped to us and tasted it. Um, our pizza tastes nothing like traditional Detroit pizza. Um, so we were kind of doing an homage to the way like it looks and the way it is, but like, it's definitely not traditional. Um, we want to use our own local ingredients, we want to use our own like higher quality stuff on it. Um, so it really just was like an evolution of like like different styles of different pizzas that we liked and put together. And it, it really is just Detroit pizza. I think it's, it's a great style of square pizza. When you decided to reach past pizza, how did you determine what other types of food would go on the menu and into the cookbook? Well, I, cooking is very, very personal to me. Um, I think childhood experiences and past experience shape the way I cook. And like most New Yorkers, I grew up eating lots of uh, Chinese takeout and lots of pizza. So that's what I feel like I cook. Made a lot of Indian takeout also. So it's like, these are flavors. Like this, this is comfort food to me. Like I would, didn't like, you know, people who grew up in the South, like maybe their comfort food is like biscuits and pimento cheese. But for me, it's like, it's really takeout food. Bagels are comfort food, like, you know, smoked fish and things like that. Um, so I want to, you know, since, 
Emily was such a personal restaurant for me. It's like these are flavors that are very personal to me and like comfort food to me. And that might not seem traditional, but it's it's sort of it's sort of I try to incorporate these kind of flavors into my cooking. And I'm also kind of tired of just having if you go to a pizza place, it's like, hey, what's on the menu? It's like a like a Caesar salad and some and some meatballs and like some other like, you know, not very well made starters. So I was like, well, let's just try to up this up like up up our offerings and make them more interesting. And if they are something familiar, like meatballs, let's put like a little bit of a spin on it and make them a little more interesting and fun. I read a 2017 article in The Village Voice that called you and Emily the first couple of New York pizza. In a town where you can spot a pizzeria every few blocks, some decades old, how did you react to that title? <laughs> That's crazy. I saw that. I, I, yeah, I was very, I was very honored. I'm, I'm not sure we... <laughs> So it deserved that. I mean, uh, maybe maybe by default, since there aren't really any other couples that are making, <laughs> making pizza, uh, I'll, I'll take it by default. But you know, there's a lot of great pizza places out there, and uh, we're just we're just really proud to be part of the like the pizza um, the pizza scene in New York City, and it's been so so like well received. So I'm just happy that you know we're, we haven't talked about in New York pizza since it's such a competitive area, and there's there's so much good pizza around. Yeah, speaking of competition, when you first opened your West Village restaurant, I walked by it and I thought, ugh, another pizza place, really? Were you ever daunted at all by the fact that you can't swing a dead cat in New York City without hitting a pizza place? Yeah, I mean, within two blocks of, of, of the West Village, Emily, I we know. have Joe's, John's, Keste, Spunto, Street Pizza. Yeah, so like, <laughs> um, um, we're just doing different style of pizza. So that's really what it came down to where, you know, I, if I was trying to do something like my, one of my favorite pizza places in New York is John's just two blocks away. So if we were trying to do something like John's, like the, the, like a coal oven, like old school New York pizza, like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'd open there, but we were doing square pizzas or we are doing square pizzas and we just have a little more interesting offerings um, to start with than like the, the meatballs and things like that I was talking about. Um, but yeah, if I'm looking for a New York city pizza, like, you know, the John's cold fired on bleaker is like, I think that's my, one of my favorites. So, you know, if there was another Detroit style pizza place on bleaker street, yeah, I probably, probably wouldn't, I probably would probably wouldn't have opened it. <laughs> <laughs> With so many creative recipes and toppings in this cookbook, what would you say is the most inspired recipe? Um, inspired or bizarre? <laughs> well, let's go with bizarre. <laughs> Um, I think the pig freaker is one of my favorites. Um, we've been making kimchi and putting some queso on it. Um, it's sort of a combination. It doesn't sound like it would work, but it really does. I, I feel like uh, a lot of Korean flavors and Italian flavors go well together. Um, and, um, we have that in a lot of our other recipes too. Like our wings are the Korean wings, um, with gochujang and lots of pecorino on it, like two things that might, you know, might not think go together well, but they do. Same with the pig freaker with the, the queso cheese and the, and the kimchi. So, you know, it's just, it's just sort of like, you know, I'm not looking at what country, you know, it's just like trying to infuse different countries. Like it's not strictly this country and this country go together. It's like, what are these flavor profiles of these different kind of neat ingredients we can put together that work well together? Okay, so I had dinner at your West Village restaurant on Saturday night, and let me tell you what we had, and it would be awesome if you could describe these dishes that are also in the cookbook. 
Okay, first mm-hmm. we got the street fair pizza. Yeah, I love the street fair. The street fair, um, it's that that's another classic childhood memory of like the sausage, pepper, and onion on um like going down like at one of those street fairs in New York City, like having yeah. a sandwich with all that. So mm-hmm. that that flavor combination is pretty classic. So that's not one of our more unique pizzas in the sense of um, flavor profile, but like it is a very classic, a very familiar flavor that I think everybody loves. And that crunchy bit around the crust is heavenly. And you call that the Frico crust? Yeah, the Frico crust. God, when the cheese uh, caramelizes along the edge. Yeah, it's really nice. So then we got the For the Win pizza. And you don't really miss the sauce on this pie. Describe it. Yeah, so the For the Win is, uh, is a play on our, our hot wings that we have at Clinton Hill. We have, um, uh, like I said, the Korean wings um, with the pecorino and the ranch. So we just did like a play on like a buffalo chicken pizza, basically, which is a, a type of pizza that, you know, I love when um, I'm feeling get a little pizza trashy. So it's the chicken, the blue cheese, scallion, wing sauce on top of it with the radishes. So it, it's, it's kind of sort of like a, a fancy version of a, of a buffalo chicken pizza in a way. Pizza trashy. <laughs> pizza trashy. We also got the Emmy Burger double stack. That was the complete and utter like reason why we kind of went from a sleepy Clinton Hill neighborhood pizzeria to like where we are now. I mean, the original Emmy Burger, Clinton Hill, just um, it started as me just kind of being bored uh, eating pizza every night after dinner. So uh, I got some burger meat in and I, I baked some buns and I was like, all right, I'm just going to special a burger. And like I kept specialing it and people kept ordering it. And um, taking pictures of it on Instagram, and it went through a few different iterations of how it looks and what was on it. And then when we finally settled to like what it was, like people just went crazy over it. Like it just it was like on like pictures everywhere, and and on Instagram and this and that. And like I'm um, had these two big reviews come out, one from New York Magazine and one from The Infatuation, both naming it like the best burger in New York City. And Village Voice named the best burger in New York City, and all this stuff started just coming in, and, and like it was like, oh, we're like, we're, like this is like a thing now, you know? Like we have, we kind of like broke that like, like barrier of like kind of neighborhood restaurant to like a destination. So um, we put a limit on it at Clinton Hill, so we have twenty five a night there. But we knew when we we're going to open our new restaurant, it's like we want to have make sure that people can get this burger. Um, you know, the West Village restaurant is very large. Clinton Hill restaurant is very small, so we're like we we tried to figure out a way where we could make a burger that you kind of make in, in some volume and like feed our guests and have them all be happy and not have to turn them away. So um, the double stack is a good ver- is a, a variation of the original. Um, it's easy to make for us and it's easy to um, just have a lot of stuff in house. So, so everyone leaves happy. The combo of the La Frida beef with the pretzel bun and the Emmy sauce and the bread and butter pickles was, and the cheese <laughs> was incredible yeah it's it's really uh and again it's, it's really some just some interesting ingredients i mean the the emmy sauce is the korean wing sauce with some aioli in it so it's it's almost like a korean korean gochujang sauce like uh on the um dried beef so so again a, a lot of things that you might not think go well together but when you think of it culinarily you know it's like like these flavors do go well together um, and the pickles, like, kind of cut through all the, the richness of the dry-aged beef. And, you know, I mean, if you think about a burger as, like, an actual, like, dish, it's 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 easier to kind of create a, a better-tasting burger than just, like, okay, what goes in a burger? 
It's like, all right, it's lettuce, tomato, onion. Like, all right, you know, like who cares? Like put some <laughs> thought into it and put some, put some, you know, just like it needs more acid, needs more this, needs more fat. You know, just, just if you think about like an actual dish, I mean, it's, it's not that hard to make a really good burger. Okay, so for dessert, we went over the top and we got the s'moresby, your deconstructed <laughs> s'mores. That pushed us over the edge. <laughs> yeah, I like, I, like that a lot. I like that one too. We, we, we were doing a s'mores calzone for so long, so it's kind of a tradition to just have a s'mores, recipe, a s'mores dish on the menu. I mean, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love s'mores? I mean, it's chocolate, marshmallow, and graham crackers. It's a, it's a great combo. <laughs> it's pretty too. Yeah, it's really, it's really nice looking too. So I was looking around the restaurant, which was packed, by the way, at five o'clock on a Saturday, and it was so interesting to see everyone ordered a hamburger and a pizza or two. So like I said, with the burger, I mean, it just has such notoriety and like we just put so much work into making it delicious that I think that, you know, I I joke that like we opened a pizza place, but we're actually secretly a burger restaurant, you know. Um, I'd say the burger is the most successful special ever run, you know, so... (laughs) It's a special and then goes on the menu. And then, you know, we don't really mention the burger that much when it comes to like the branding of it, but like, you know, it's there and people love it. And like, you know, I'm, I'm glad in the West Village we do have the space to make sure everyone gets one. Uh, now for my segment called My Last Meal. What would you choose for your last supper? Oh, I'd definitely go get dim sum. Um, lots of different like little dumplings, things like that. Um, I like to, when, uh, I mean, dumplings are definitely my favorite food, even though you'd probably guess pizza was, but dumplings are something I grew up <laughs> eating, eating a lot of. Um, I love dumplings. I go to Mimi Chang's dumplings all the time. I think they have great dumplings or to get, you know, or go to a dim sum place and just get a little variety of all kinds of like, you know, <laughs> things and wrappers, you know, <laughs> that, that would definitely be my last meal. So you'd get all dumplings, all dumplings. That's it. <laughs> different, different varieties though. Different varieties, not just one kind, just different varieties of dumplings. Where can we find your restaurants and you on the web and social media? Um, you can find our restaurants in Clinton Hill, Williamsburg, East Village, West Village, Nashville. And then we have a new one called Violet opening soon in the, in the East Village as well, where we'll be doing grilled pizza. You can find us um, at, on Instagram at pizzalazemily and www.pizzalazemily.com. I didn't think this was possible, but you have elevated the good old pizza and the good old burger and brought it to a whole new level. Thanks, Matt, for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thanks for having me. Follow me on Instagram at Cookery by the Book. Twitter is I am Susie Chase. And download your kitchen mixtapes, Music to Cook By, on Spotify at Cookery by the Book. And as always, subscribe in Apple Podcasts.